Welcome to the Leadership After Hours podcast. Real talk with real leaders committed to creating better companies and a better world. Presented by Stronger Leaders, Stronger Profits with your host, Sean Patton. We're so glad you found us here at the Leadership After Hours podcast. If you're finding value in this content, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're on. This allows us to spread the modern leadership revolution. Plus, you don't want to miss out on a single weekly episode. Now, let's get into it. All right. Well, I am here with Reggie Ordonez. I, I, we were practicing that name before we started rolling today. I always screw up names. Um, well, I've known Reggie for years, and so I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for coming. It's a pleasure to have be on here. Uh, thank you for having me. Of course. And uh, we have a few things in common. Uh, we're both veterans. Yep. Right. Uh, we connected through the nonprofit Bunker Labs for yes. those people don't know is a uh, national veteran service nonprofit. It's, it's probably the, the largest veteran entrepreneur support group, would you say? It, it's very close. I mean, well, the SBA is a really, really big organization mm-hmm. with a big focus and a big impact on veterans. But we, you know, we we serve a lot of uh, veterans through our programs and courses and our events every year. Yeah. And so I first got acquainted or with Bunker Labs back in the lab, 2014, actually, when I met Blake, wow. Wow. Uh, who's now the CEO. He moved here from Austin to stand up Nashville uh, chapter. And uh, we'll get into Bunker Labs more in a second. But uh, one of the things they used to do for entrepreneurs that have this bunker brews. Yeah. Uh, at least have that. So they get together once a month and network and stuff. And actually I had another nonprofit that me and uh, an SF warrant officer started here in Nashville. And we were calling it the Nashville Veteran Entrepreneur Society. Okay. And we were actually getting together at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center once a month um, because as we, we were transitioning the military and we found what a lot of that's fine, right? Which is yeah. you, we were at Fort Campbell, 45 minutes away and we came to Nashville expecting just to plug in right away. Everyone's going to be like, just, well, we, who were we fending off the job offers and yeah. the business offers? And it's, of course, it's not like that. Um, no, and, not. Uh, and there wasn't even one place to really go to connect with other veterans or military connected folks in sort of the business space. Yeah. Um, and so we would meet up, we'd have a guest speaker, get some drink sponsors, do some structured networking. And, uh, but one of our other tenants was we were trying to, uh, get rid of the redundancy um, in the veteran services space, which in my opinion is still a huge issue. There is. There's a lot of people doing, trying to do great things for the most part, but there's so much overlap and they're stepping on each other's toes and donor fatigue, all that stuff. Yep. So that was like our main purpose, honestly. And so when Blake showed up and said, well, hey, I'm, I hear this national nonprofit. We're about to pour a bunch of money in the national, get his program going. We ran it together for a few months and we just handed it over to him. And so that's how I got acquainted with him. And then I got back in touch years later as I was ready to, step in and help. Uh, and that's when I met you at one of the retreats. And so how long have you been working with Bunker Labs? Yeah. So I started actually working with Bunker officially in uh, 2021. So okay. I'd been in the veteran entrepreneur space before that, but there was just a, a big opportunity uh, to plug in with Bunker Labs. And I felt like I was at a, a place where I could really support and serve uh, entrepreneurs on a bigger scale. So yeah. was really focused on Nashville specifically, the states of Tennessee and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And this opportunity allowed me um, to work with veterans across the United States, not just veterans, but military spouses as well, and really dig into the challenges 
that you see uh, in our community from not only Nashville, but Los Angeles all the way to New York. Yeah. Uh, so it was a, a magnificent opportunity. I'm super thankful to be here uh, and learned a lot along the way. Yeah. And, you know, if people haven't maybe read the, the show notes before this, uh, your current role is the chief operating officer of right. Bunker Labs, which is awesome. Before that, you were the CMO. Yes. Um, so real quick, in case people aren't familiar with Bunker Labs, why don't you give the the, uh, the pitch here, uh, yeah. elevator pitch of what, what Bunker is and what it's trying to become. Yeah, totally. And without, without being too scripted, I'll just try to make it real clean and simple. We're trying to solve two problems. We're trying to connect veterans and military spouses to relevant networks, mm-hmm. uh, opportunities, and, and capital access. So really, to be even more uh, clean, connections and capital. Yeah. Uh, you talked about uh, your experience when you left the service. It's the same experience that I went through. You know, we, we go through this and what we fail to realize is we're leaving the biggest network we'd ever known. Mm-hmm. And we're, there's going to be a lot of things that we need to learn along the way. Uh, our service has equipped us to do great things, uh, very specifically in the, in the realm of entrepreneurship. But there's still a lot that we have to to learn about ourselves, about how things work um, with with lenders, whether that be uh, venture capitalists all the way to bootstrapping your own business, uh, to really understand what, what marketing is and what value proposition is. Like there's all these different things that we gotta learn. And what better way to do that than connecting you with people that have chewed the same dirt as you along mm-hmm. the way that are going through uh, some of the things that you're gonna go through as an entrepreneur. So uh, it's just a really, really cool thing to see it all come together. Yeah. Uh, and so we do that through, we, we pair people together, not only through our events, but we have programs uh, from $0 all the way to 1 million, you know, different stages of the journey, you know, uh, from our veterans and residents to our CEO circle. Yeah. Um, the CEO circles for those over a million in revenue, right? So people correct. kind of graduate up through the program correct. as their business grows. Yeah, correct. And that's a, a wonderful um, wonderful program. Seen a lot of real impacts through that. A lot of people uh, hitting some really big milestones that are going through those programs. So it's really cool to see. Yeah, I love being a part of it too. I'm currently um, you know, one of these two volunteer ambassadors. So that it's kind of my, my volunteer effort is, is awesome. Get to work with veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs and help them through their journey. Um, and it, it is so rewarding. It is such a good group. And you mentioned that you know, the military being one of the biggest or strongest networks there is, mm-hmm. but very insular. Yep. Like it's it, within the military, right? We're all connected. You know, even even if you go, you know, different branches, Army, Navy, but it's kind of, eh, well, speaking the same language, all the same processes, you can connect, but it it doesn't really, there's no preparation, at least, and I think they're getting better with transition now, but that when you're inside of that, but that thing is pretty disconnected yes. from, the real world or civilian world or their neighbors or whatever you want to call them, right? Yep, absolutely. And I think that that's one thing that when we're on the inside of that, we don't really understand what that's going to be like, like how how disconnected it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and until we really grasp that, it's like, wait a second, I got, I got a lot to learn. Yeah. Um, and that's a good thing. You know, yeah. it depends on our mindset and how we approach it. Um, now, if we're stuck in our ways, you know, and we're not willing to learn and, and die to ourselves sometimes, and you're going to have a harder time. Yeah. Um, one thing that I do appreciate about Bunker, though, is not only do we connect with other veterans and other spouse, military spouses that have done this before, so they're there to give insights. There's that sense of trust there, mm-hmm. you know, to where you can really um, connect and understand one another, but 
What I also love is the fact that how we pull people in uh, to rally around our, our veterans and our military spouses. Um, people that have a, a deep desire to work with veterans and military spouses that aren't veterans and military spouses. Right. And we really need that because sometimes we're in our own echo chambers, you know, and that could, it's not good for growth. But I think that's an important lesson, you know, to pull out that this is 100% true in the way you described it. And it's my experience as well. But I think that whether you're military, uh, you know, you're involved in the military or not, or whether you're an entrepreneur or not, or you're just a leader inside a company, um, trying to, you know, run your, your sales team. You just made such a good point about getting outside of your echo chamber, getting them comfortable, um, and having conversations and asking for help. Um, which I think are kind of universal lessons as a leader. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, we have to we have to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. And sometimes uh, when when we are uncomfortable, we have a fight or flight response. You know, just like just like in in combat or things that we've trained for. You know, it's it's a different way. But are you really content with being uncomfortable? For the sake of your own growth. Right. And if the answer is yes, then good. You know, yeah. that's what we want. It's funny, you know, actually, um, I had a coaching call with um, a CEO of a company that I, that I an executive coach for this morning. And uh, I was, it, was, it was a proud coach moment for me um, <laughs> yeah. when we were chatting. And it actually was like moving on to the next topic. He's like, well, I want to tell you a story. And, um, you know, he was talking about he was he, he doesn't like public speaking. He was going to his public event. Have to give remarks in a big city in a big a giant forum, and uh, you know we had we had a conversation around that you know from a physiological perspective that fight or flight response right that fear and excitement are the same thing yeah it, it, it's they're, they're not even close physiologically if we ran tests and data and blood pressure I mean ran brain scans you would see the same reaction in your body from fear and excitement. It's just a mindset. Mm-hmm. Are you excited about the possibility of success and this opportunity? Or are you scared that something can go wrong? That's yeah. literally just the way you change their mindset. And that has a huge impact on performance and outcome. Mm-hmm. And, and so he, you know, he brought that up today. And, and so I think that's such an important lesson and funny you, you know, you bring that up. And speaking of that challenge, so tell me a little bit about your chance, your transition, yeah. kind of your quick, you know, what, what you did in the military, what you did there, and then what you transitioned into, and what that what experience was like. Absolutely. So I was a uh, light armored reconnaissance crewman. You know, I, I was a 0313 for the Marines that are listening. Uh, so infantrymen by trade. Um, I joined I joined the Marine Corps because of September 11, 2001. I still days forever imprinted. I was a sophomore in high school just to age myself a little bit. But just, well, I, I was a freshman at West Point, so I'm, I'm you know I'm over <laughs> older than you, so yeah. you're good. So just really trying to, uh, I think in that moment in time, I realized that life was bigger than myself, mm-hmm. and there was a sense of service and a pull to service at that point, um, and I wanted to answer that call, whatever that looked like. And um, next thing you know, I was graduating high school and I was joining the Marine Corps. Um, and that, that really helped me grow up. Um, I, before we even get there, man, I was, you know, I grew up, grew up in kind of a, uh, unfortunate circumstances, I guess you'd say, just underserved a little bit, not, not as a pity party, but just really, uh, came from that kind of background and always knew that if you wanted something, you were going to have to work for it. 
you know, um, deep down, uh, that's like, why the Marine Corps, you know, and uh, why not the Army or why not the Air Force or the Navy? And, and I just, there was something that just attracted me to the Marine Corps. Like, hey, deep down, I was going to have to work for it. They have really good marketing, right? I was going to so, say, yeah, they're the true to marketing, right? Well, you've <laughs> only been drawn to yeah, good marketing, huh? Been to good marketing. <laughs> so, they do, they do have some good commercials. Army, the other branches have caught up, but man, there was a while there. Where they were, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they were, you know, the Department of Navy and, and the Marines were the first branch to yeah. uh, hire a civilian PR firm. Yes. Um, yeah, the new Army marketing looks pretty good. It does, because they, they, they don't do it in-house anymore. But when I was coming up, the, you know, the be all you can be and all that stuff, they were all done by, like, Army yeah. Public Affairs Office. Yeah. And then they're like, well, the Marines are killing us. Like, yeah. well, they're getting the experts to do it. So yeah. that's no, funny. Totally. It worked. It worked. They, they got Reggie. Yeah. They got, they got they, private Reggie. They got me. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, boot camp, infantry school, all those different things. Um, first deployment was Iraq. I went to Iraq twice. I went to Afghanistan once. I went to, um, well, I served on the Marine Expeditionary Unit. So that's where Marines get on a ship and we're ready to answer the nation's call. You know, so we're floating in the ocean for seven months and we may stop and um, train with some other foreign militaries, which I, I had the opportunity to do. Nice. Um, and got back home uh, 15 days later, went back to Haiti for humanitarian assistance in 2010. There was a huge earthquake there. Really, really interesting was that's where I actually did the traditional aspects of my, my profession. You know, so counterinsurgency was something different. Um, but that humanitarian op, I really got to do a lot of traditional, like we did route reconnaissance we did area reconnaissance you know we were looking for routes to bring supplies in um because the earthquake like really just shattered a lot of different uh transits and so it was really interesting to do that kind of work there but it was it's really meaningful and i could see the impact of what we did there um after 12 years which most people won't do right i decided that it was time to go And I was, I felt like I was at a, if you look at a bell curve, I felt like I was on the top of my bell curve. And then if I continued to stay in, I was going to start coming down the other side of the bell curve. Now, um, that is not a knock to anybody that's done more than 12 years. This is just me personally. You know, I I had thoughts of getting out after. I think that's such a personal experience. It's funny because people ask me, because I got out of 10 years. So Mm -hmm. I did four years of life. So 14 total, but four was at the the academy, service academy, Mm -hmm. 10 in the active army. And, and, um, I mean, literally, right. See, but you, like your, your 20 years is retirement. Those of you don't know, you can say in the army 20 or the military 20 years and retire. So that, that 10 year mark, give or take plus or minus mm-hmm. even chronologically is the bell curve. But, and, and I'm, I'm reading this because I, I've been there, but we're not actually, we're not talking chronologically just no. in terms of what I said that, you know, cause I could have got out of let's say five years. I'm sure you, you know, you're your first contract or two, mm-hmm. too, right? So. Could have gotten in five years, did time and imagery, but I just felt like I had more to give. I felt like I had more to learn. Yep. Um, and I just felt like I wasn't done. And then I did my time in special forces, commanded a couple of ODAs. Yep. And then right about the time I was about to pin major, I kind of looked at what the next 10 years was, and I had the same experience. And I also had a, mm-hmm. I don't know, did this resonate with you? I had a, I had a sense of peace. Mm-hmm. I had a sense that I, I, I kind of look at myself in the mirror and be like, I did my part. Yes. Um, and, and that's a hard, 
when people ask you why, that's a hard descript. It's hard to describe with words that you just felt it. That you're like, okay, I that that's that I did my part. I'm ready for the yeah. next thing. No, a hundred a hundred percent. I align with everything that you say. Um, that was a lot of my experience. I and the the hard part was that I genuinely and wholeheartedly loved what I did. Yeah. It wasn't a a matter of not wanting to do that anymore or do that work anymore. Mm-hmm. It was more along the lines of like, I felt like, you know, my faith is a big part of who I am. And I, I just sincerely and wholeheartedly felt like I was being led to something different. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to be obedient to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, like just understanding, like, yes, I'm, this may not be the path I continue down, but it's just a fork in the road. My growth doesn't stop. And I knew that it was going to be hard. I knew that I was going to have to start over, you know, in a way I could still bring all the best that I learned, you know, but I was still going to have to start over, you know, and that was okay. And it's like, was I content with that? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I knew that, um, whenever I got out, it wasn't like I I may be leaving a big part of my identity behind, Mm -hmm. but that's exactly what it was. It was an identity. It wasn't really. It wasn't Reggie. It wasn't Reggie. It was the identity of being a Marine, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and that's the hardest part of transition. I think is like realizing that you don't have like, it's like Superman pulls off his, his, uh, his attire and he's got the S on his chest, you know, mm-hmm. like there was always kind of that same sense of like, I had my name tapes there and my last name and I had us Marines on the other side. It's like, I might not be wearing that every day, but, I'm not leaving like myself behind. I'm going to bring the best forward. If you enjoyed that episode, please hit the subscribe button and share the Leadership After Hours podcast with your network. The world is crying out for leaders of character and people deserve to be led well. We all need to build businesses that develop people and profit. If you know a great leader that needs to be on the podcast, please reach out to us and our podcast producer, Aaron, will get back to them. It's Aaron, E-R-I-N at SLSP.biz. For a better tomorrow, build a new leader today.